Hi, welcome back to Beta Breakers, and today we are going to be talking about how TikTok is affecting the music industry. I think people can often overlook how great of an impact social media platforms can have on already, um, you know, massive industries, obviously, like the music industry. Um, But if you spend, you know, half an hour, you know, very little time on the app, um, and certainly, you know, just live as a teenager, I think it will become pretty apparent that um, the way musicians should be marketing themselves and distributing music nowadays successfully looks very different than it did five years ago. So we're going to be talking about all of that and more. Let's jump into it. So to talk about how the music industry has changed, we first need to talk about how the music industry works all together. Um, I'll preface this with saying that one of my favorite books of all time is called uh, The Song Machine Inside the Hit Factory by John Seabrook. Um, It sort of talks about how pop music has evolved, how the whole process works, how interconnected it is, Um, learn some interesting stuff about K-pop and boy bands. Highly recommend checking it out if you have a minute. Um, But that, I think, covers the basis um, of how the music industry has evolved. And if I had to divide the modern music industry into three sort of eras, I think it would be um, the like records, cassettes era, um, streaming services. I think the second era would begin when streaming services became prominent. And then the third era would be now with TikTok. So for this first era, right? The way people used to listen to music is you could hear it on the radio, you could hear it out, whatever, but if you wanted to own music or play music, you had to go and buy it. And that would be in the form of records, you know, eventually cassettes, etc. But you had to buy music to be able to play it, and mixtapes mess with that a little bit, I guess, but primarily there was an exchange of money, a transaction in listening to the music at all. Um, now, when streaming services came into the picture for the second era, that actually really uprooted the music industry, you know, understandably, because record sales just plummeted. Um, you know, getting music for free or for really low costs, you know, resulted in a lot of lost money for the music industry. Now, entering this third era where I think social media has become super prominent uh, for musicians, I think the shift is less to do necessarily with the consumption or actually rather let me rephrase that the it does have to do with consumption but there's also been a huge shift in the um, creation of music where I I don't think there was as much of a shift uh, in between that first those first two eras of you know let's say records to streaming services if you want to be if you want to be broad um you know, to put it plainly right, the way the music industry has, has typically functioned is you need to be under a big label. And you'll hear a lot of talk about the big three, the big three groups being Universal, Warner, and Sony. Um, and, you know, lots of records are, are owned by them. So, you know, groups like Atlantic, Interscope, you know, et cetera, those are all under the, these greater groups. And what that allows you to do um, is get radio play. And like I said before, right, if you wanted to sell records, people had to hear your song. So things like buying radio play or being able to push your music 
out into these different areas was super, super important. And the only way to do that was with the connections you get from these labels. The streaming era was not that different, right? Because you'd be streaming songs probably that you heard on the radio. That's still the main form of finding new music. Or at least, I, you know, I can think back to when I was in elementary school. So let's say early, you know, first half of the 2010s. Um, I still listen to the radio every day, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't going on to YouTube or Spotify to then go and find those songs. Um, but back then, and I guess, you know, still now a little bit, but back then certainly pushing your songs on the radio was super important. I, I think about, you know, when 1989 dropped, 1989 by Taylor Swift is sort of a defining um, album for me, at least for my childhood. I remember hearing it, you know, every, every day on the radio. Um, and Taylor Swift has grown and has become massive, but it's not because she's distributing her music herself. It's not like, you know, she's posting these songs necessarily. It's because she has labels and label support pushing for her. Um, so these sorts of distribution services, um, and connections were super important to actually be successful. Now, apps like TikTok and even Vine and YouTube have completely ushered in this new, uh, this new way of creating music and new consumption, but primarily if we, let's, we can talk about how it's changed um, the creation. And I think that starts with YouTube, then Vine, then TikTok, right? And if you think about the YouTube artist, the main one that comes to mind for me is Dodie. Um, she got super big on YouTube. Sean Mendez got big on Vine. Um, and now artists are becoming big on TikTok. And what these platforms allow you to do is it allows your music to reach large audiences of people without any sort of label, right? So all of this work, all of this distribution that would have helped you get your music into people's ears and then result in them streaming your song or buying your song, all of that work is now being done via TikTok. And it's really easy for them to access that music because of Spotify. So what Spotify did and what the, the main difference that Spotify has has um, created is that pretty much anyone can upload their music. You know, and that's great. Anyone can upload their music, but they still need to share it. The added factor that TikTok has is that it allows you to share that music that is then available on Spotify. So it's this sort of great conglomerate of, um, you know, all these different factors sort of lining up perfectly to create this haven for indie artists, artists who are small, not really signed, um, or, you know, not super professional yet. Um, it allows all of those guys to share their music and actually make a name for themselves. You know, on TikTok, I think there are two primary forms of, um, musicians or, or two kinds of songs that go viral. Um, and the first half is going to be songs that are already created and they don't have to necessarily be by signed artists but songs that are already created um, that are then used for content or go viral as you know some trend right that's going to be songs um that people do dances to you know people like jason derulo who already had the all these songs and all these sort of random i think random is a fair word see sort of random songs out um, and his career got totally revived because people were using his songs for trends and also he was active on the app. He was making a lot of content. Um, but 
I mean, we think about songs like Obsessed or, or Say So, right? Like Doja Cat did not make the song Say So for TikTok, but it went super viral on TikTok um, and really launched Doja Cat into the pop mainstream. Um, so that's the, that's the first category. And the second category is going to be the artists um, who sort of post their original compositions to the app and then go and sort of record them and release them. Um, so ones that came to mind are, you know, I think Peter McPoland, who did music before TikTok, but I think is becoming really big on TikTok. Um, you know, people like Peter McPoland. I don't want to undersell Lizzie McAlpine like this, but Lizzie McAlpine a little bit. Um, you know, Ali Bob is another good one. So these artists that post songs and then go record them and sort of have this more indie feel to them. You know, now for the first kind of music I described, um, TikTok helps them to get plays right um and when a song goes big on tiktok that means that more people are streaming it on streaming services and that means that the artists are making a ton of money um so you know that that gets them streams um and the way that helps the sort of smaller artists is it builds their followings incredibly quickly um you know i remember a couple months ago my sister texted me the song she was like oh my god this is so good i think you're gonna love it and i played this song over and over and over again in my car i really really liked it it's called tell your mom by georgia webster um and i just it was constantly on repeat and i went to her spotify page and spotify tells you how many monthly listeners people have Um, and this girl had like tens of thousands of monthly listeners off of just this one single she'd only released one piece of music and i was like this girl's gonna blow up this is so cool like i wonder you know, how are so many people listening to this? Well, I found out, I was reading her bio, and apparently what happened is that she had posted this song just sort of sitting on her floor with a guitar on TikTok, and people really, really liked it, and they were like, record it, release it on Spotify, and she did, and and now she has already this huge following without any sort of label, um, with very, very little music out, and she has this bass that has sort of shifted from her TikTok to her, you know, Spotify monthly listeners. In fact, you have more Spotify monthly listeners because not everybody that listens to your music is following you on TikTok. Um, so it's it's incredibly effective. I know, like another example I had said before, Peter McPoland um, has something like seven hundred over seven hundred thousand uh, monthly listeners, while he has around three hundred thousand followers on TikTok. So the numbers absolutely skyrocket um and it's just it's a super effective way to um to market your music i think the biggest example we've seen beyond all of this is olivia rodrigo um and i, I want to take a second to talk about her album sour because a it's incredible and i love it um and b you know as talented of a songwriter as she is and i really do think she's 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 a fantastic writer um her management team is incredible like her the the team that she has behind her knows social media and they know how to use it and i 100 percent believe that without tiktok she would not be at the level of success that she is um and we can kind of walk through that right like the first well, even before driver's license, 
Um, the first song of hers that went super viral on TikTok was All I Want, and that was from the High School Musical, the musical, the series, season one. It is a song that she wrote, um, and it was all over the app. It had, you know, millions of streams, massive, massive songs. So people generally know who she is a little bit, and she, you know, posts original music from time to time, and the short, you know, snippets that are perfect for TikTok. But... Um, you know, driver's license drops. It actually dropped on my birthday, January 8th. Um, driver's license drops and the production is a mashup of all of the big Gen Z artists. I think what makes her so great is that, um, you can tell that she's sort of this new generation of artists that is growing from the influences above her and and she incorporates these influences without being exactly the same but you can tell that she's influenced by them you know the lords the taylor swifts um basically a big jack antonoff party if you will and um she releases the song with the perfect sort of gen z production value that you're looking for that sort of alt indie um, main character vibes and there is also specific drama now they know <laughs> They, they knew what they were doing. They have to have known what they were doing because A, there was already a significant following for her following the all I want sort of trend um, and pulling out these sort of specific references to people that, you know, everybody knows that's going to go really viral. And this right here is, I think, a great example of a new way of marketing your music. And that is playing into this game of virality. Um, virality is a game. And TikTok in particular is set up such that anybody can go viral. Um, it's not as uneven or as unequal as label distribution, right? Like if you are on a label, if you're on a label under those big three music groups I had named, um, and they're pushing your song to radios, that is not an equal power dynamic. You know, these, these bigger groups have a ton of money. They have a ton of sway and influence and what label you are assigned to absolutely matters. On TikTok, there's a bit more of a meritocracy in terms of how well videos do. And it's certainly luck a little bit, but there are ways to game the system that's you know using all the trending hashtags. I remember Lele Pons talking about this like years ago on Vine, being like, whoa, there's actually strategy to it. Um, but that's things like using hashtags, using filters or you know, underlying sounds, there are ways to get yourself famous on TikTok and have this access to a platform. Like, you know, my friend got like 1.6 million likes on a random video, something like that. It's it's easy for anyone to do. So anyway, coming back to the, the main point there is that um, you're playing off of this game to go viral and counting on this virality to boost the exposure to your music and with olivia rodrigo that worked perfectly um they knew what to do they threw in a little bit of drama there and it blew up um and we all remember when driver's license blew up you know dominated charts everywhere broke record sales pretty crazy for a debut um single absolutely nuts um, but she kept playing off of that, kept going with that same Gen Z production. Um, but her team sort of paired up the release of the album 
at the exact right time um you know they the drama from driver's license the you know joshua bassett olivia rodrigo drama that's all going to come to a head during high school musical the musical the series season two um and what they did is they had her drop this break a breakup album right when the show was starting number one and number two going into summer so they're basically giving her this sort of album of the summer setup um while pairing it with this other project that they know is going to have people talking it's absolutely brilliant and then they have other marketing tactics um like they're doing the sour patch kids um line because the album is called sour Uh, it's it's super cute they did a little car wash all this other stuff and i could go on for for days about how i think her team has dominated her career she clearly has a ton of label support um and you can see that label support does matter i will say that um look at someone here's a good example compare olivia rodrigo to joshua bassett right joshua bassett is releasing music right now he's been releasing music at the exact same time as olivia rodrigo and you know maybe her narrative is pushing his music down a little bit because it's getting people to not be mainly on his side um but the the support that she's getting from her label pushing her music in these ways you can tell it's it's going much much further than his is you can see this also with the one direction guys to some extent you know i think harry styles arguably has more label support than any of them um and that is what's what's allowing him to rise to the top but it's that in um in combination with these mass platforms that are like these webs to society uh, that get you anywhere also while we're on olivia rodrigo i'm gonna take 30 seconds to mention how i really appreciate that her music it's it's like if um you took all the misogyny uh, misogynistic rock from um the 2000s all the breakup songs like the better than revenges or the misery business and um you take out all of the misogyny and you sort of just pin it on the guy and i appreciate that because um she is not saying she's she's not being a pick me girl she you know is a very normal teenage girl big swifty big one direction fan um and she's talking about social media and um and hyping up the other girl in in her songs it's just this very fresh take that i really appreciate um so i think that's my take on olivia rodrigo i'd always love to talk more about her um but the the greater point being that tiktok can be used the the massive reach of tiktok can be used to launch careers into another level just based on the users that it has it has so many users it is such a massive platform um and musicians ignoring it are are really doing i think something wrong um it's not great. I watched an interview recently talking about how TikTok was affecting the music industry. And this man had mentioned that Coldplay released like two, two albums kind of back to back. People had no idea because distribution is not happening, um, as much off social media as it is on. Um, and you can also argue that the pandemic played a role in this, right? Because not as many people are listening to the radio because they're stuck in their houses. Um, 
and same thing with streaming services even if i do go out i'm probably listening to my spotify but before the pandemic i would probably listen to my spotify some of the time and also the radio um which is now entirely cut out so as you can see what is going to be the right way to reach people during the pandemic the place that they're spending most of their time because it is designed to be addictive and that is tiktok social media and music is also reshaping the way we actually group music or at least something that i've been thinking about a lot is that it could right take things like pop music um categories like indie music um and think about what they are at their core right if you think pop music there is a specific sound to pop music you think 1989, you think Dua Lipa. There are specific labels you can assign there. But when you think about it, pop music really just means popular music, right? That's what it's short for. Same thing with indie music. I'm sure you think indie music, I was going to say Tame Impala, but I'm, I'm going to hope that you have better taste than that. Um, but you think things like, oh God, or Arctic, I like the Arctic Monkeys. Um, I don't know. What are the basic ones? Passion Pit. You know, you, you think of the indie bands um, and sort of that indie vibe. But indie artist just means independent artist, right? It means you're not signed to a label. Now, pop music and indie music have often been seen as these sort of opposites. You used to be either really into pop or really into indie music. Um, they would never cross over. But if you go and you look at the music charts recently you'll notice this really interesting trend, and that is that most of the charts are dominated by TikTok songs, just completely dominated. Um, you know, there have been times where I've, I've gone on to the charts on Spotify and the entire top 20 is just filled with songs that are currently going viral on TikTok. Some of those songs are like the first kinds of songs that I mentioned, the pop songs that already exist and are going viral. But what is really interesting is that some of those songs are the indie songs that people are writing on their bedroom floor and posting and they're going viral again i bring up the peter mcpoland example um you know his song romeo and juliet was on the chart for weeks and this is a slow song that he did you know himself um he might be signed actually but if, if so probably to a quite small label um i'm not entirely sure point being it is this sort of slower song that was on the you know the usa charts on spotify and i'm really curious to see the upcoming merge of pop music and indie music because as indie music you know music by independent artists is becoming the popular music that is what people are listening to and that's what people are finding cool it's becoming popular or pop-ish um you're sort of those, those barriers are becoming a little bit less defined um the lines are a little bit more blurred and i i feel like there's going to be this sort of collision at some point i'm not I'm, I'm not entirely sure i mean pop music yes it does mean popular music but there is a there is a particular sound um you know let's say levitating by dua lipa had not gone super viral that's still pop music right it's a pop music sound um but i i really do think that that's being redefined as people become obsessed with these younger artists that they can relate to sort of sitting in their rooms um 
playing music about other bands or about social media it just it feels fresher it feels like you're more connected to them um because you can see them so authentically rather than just hearing you know pop star Dua Lipa with the baby from the radio (laughs) I don't know um it's a more genuine connection to music and I think people use music to have a genuine connection with something so when you when you give them that connection they're going to be far more inclined to listen to that sort of song or or, you know go and search your music on Spotify I mean I think the other thing to look forward to um, with TikTok and music is watching artists grow I mean I'm super excited to watch like I said Georgia Webster um, grow on Spotify I'm excited to see um hopefully some of these other I I listen to a lot of female fronted pop punk so maybe some of those bands go a little bit bigger you know one that I'm super happy for is Beach Bunny Um, I listened to Beach Bunny a little bit before TikTok anyway but they've gained so much popularity because they've been going big on the platform and I'm super excited to see what what they do so um, I'd highly recommend you know finding your favorite TikTok songs keep a lookout for them um you know look out for some artists on your page maybe it's the next Sean Mendez you never know um you never know and I was one last thing to add here is you do want to be wary because um you don't want to fall into what I consider to be the American Idol or you know the the voice trap and that is it you don't want to be known as you know that artist from American Idol and some people are lucky enough to break out of this the Kelly Clarksons the Carrie Underwoods um and such but some are not some are not and even artists like Dodie I think are a little bit trapped in their platform um I personally think that going on The Voice would never be a good career move American Idol maybe for example like David Cook I will never think of David Cook as anyone other than the guy that you know unfairly beat David Archuleta on American Idol but more importantly as the guy from American Idol um and it's, it's hard to break out of that barrier because when you go on these talent search shows, people don't always take you seriously and they don't think of you as as professional. Whereas TikTok, um, it feels less like a pick-me. It feels less like this competitive thing. So you can be more authentic, but at the same time, you do want to make sure that your music um, is not being only circulated on TikTok. You want to make sure that that's translating into streaming and you know off-platform plays because there is nothing worse I can imagine as an artist than someone coming up to you and being like I love your TikTok song bad that's a terrible thing that is awful your song should not be the TikTok song um because that I mean that's just tragic uh you don't want it to be associated with the app forever so you do need to be careful in navigating that a little bit um but as long as you do I I think we're going to see a lot of really fresh perspectives being elevated by these social media platforms that have never been able to rise to the top before because um, really mainstream pop has been constantly pushed by record labels. Um, you know, as always, if you have any thoughts, this one, this area in particular is is super interesting to me. I'd always love to chat. I'm always looking for new artists. Music is a huge, huge 
um, passion and an area of interest for me. So please feel free to reach out with any thoughts you might have. I um, hope you learned a little bit. I hope you found this interesting in any way. And I will see you in the next one. Bye.